So we're going to talk. We're going to start talking about the Holy Spirit is given to believers. All right, the Holy Spirit is given to believers. I may be moving this up or down. The Holy Spirit is given to believers. Is that better? One, two. I know. Well, we're working on it. Put it back where it was. Okay. We're going to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. Now, on the page on the chart, it says you have to believe and receive. Okay? Amber, I, I looked over there and I thought, does she have a spider on her forehead? Here it's your glasses. So I had to, she has her glasses up on her forehead, and I'm like, all right. You have to believe in order to receive. All right? If you don't believe, you can't receive. And so, am I, you say I'm turning, am I switching these? Okay. Well, I'm not used to all this control. I'm used to my life being about out of control most of the time. Mark 16, 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So the Lord says that one of the signs of a believer is they're going to cast out devils. Another sign is they're going to speak with new tongues. Okay? So here we say, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Believe is highlighted there for us. Then we receive. So first of all, you believe. Then you receive. It says, in my name, they shall speak with new tongues. Now, all those dot, dot, dots means there's something in between, but we didn't put all that down. We go to John chapter 7, verse 30, 38 and 39, okay? John 7, 38, he that believes on me, as the scripture hath, has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He that believes on me as the scripture hath said. So you have to believe. So what does the scripture say? Right? Have you ever encountered somebody that wants to fight with you about church beliefs? None of you ever have. I know. And they say, well, I read this book. And this author in this book said, blah, 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 blah. Jesus said, he that believes on me as the scripture hath said. The scripture is the authority. All of the books that follow, they're just afterthoughts. They're aftermarket. Okay? What does the book say? What does the Bible say? That's what we have to go by. It's in this age of relativism, it's hard for us to believe that Amen. It's hard for us to believe that something is absolute. I'm going to go back to that other mic. I don't even like this. Okay? I'm getting nauseous. Listen to my voice. The scriptures are absolute. It's hard for us to believe that. It's hard for people to believe there's some, some, something absolute out there. Bible is absolute. Now, how's that? Is that absolutely better? The Bible is absolute. 
And so, we can't say, well, this author did, said this, and he did that, and he graduated from Harvard, and he graduated from Princeton, and he graduated from Yale, and he graduated from Texas Bible College. That's where I graduated from. Right? No, it's what the Bible says. So what does the Bible say? So we're believing now. We are believing in this. He that believeth on me, that's what Jesus said, then we receive. But this spake he of the Spirit. Okay? So I'm going to have to, I'm going to need another hand up here. I'm just going to have to stand up here. Okay. So I can run all this. But this spake he of the Spirit. That's in verse 39. So John 7, 38, and 39 said, yes. Verse 39. This spoke he of the Spirit, which they that, what, believe on him should receive. Isn't that what it says? So you believe and then you receive. Then we go to the next one. That's going to be in the book of Acts. Uh-oh. Hopped over one. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So first of all, we believe here in this scripture, Acts 2.38. It says to repent. You, you cannot repent unless you believe that you can receive forgiveness of sins. Why repent if you can't receive forgiveness of sins? Why say you're sorry? You know, people, we're all in... We are, we're all in relationships, right? We're all in relationships, and sometimes relationships go bad. And when they go bad, then people's feelings get hurt. And then people have issues and problems with each other. And so in order for there to be reconciliation, how many of those two parties have to want to reconcile? Both. So if just one wants to reconcile and the other doesn't, it's, it's moot. The point is useless. And so here we're repenting because we're believing that God wants to reconcile with us as well. So we're believing that if I repent, I'm going to receive forgiveness of sins. And so then when the remission of sins comes as we are baptized, and then we receive. And then Peter said, and you shall receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. Now, those of you who use a different version other than King James or uh, New King James or the uh, Authorized Standard Version are going to, it's going to say Holy Spirit. Somebody one time said, nowhere in the Bible does it say Holy Ghost. I'm like, well, that's easy. I said, well, what does your Bible say? And he says, it always says Holy Spirit. I said, what version are you using? He said, show me the version. I think it was maybe NIV or something. And I said, okay, but the King James says ghost. 
A spirit is a ghost. Amen? Do you believe in ghosts? I believe in Casper. Right? We believe in ghosts, the Holy Ghost. We believe in the spirit realm. And I believe that there are ghosts out there running around, but they're demons. Okay? So that's the other side of the realm. Okay, so he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the good old King James right there. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then we go to the book of Ephesians in the, in the um, epistles. And Paul says this, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I like this scripture here. This is a good scripture. All of them are good, but this is a good one. There's several things here to look at. It says, first of all, you trusted. If you didn't trust, you wouldn't be here tonight. If you didn't trust it, we're going to talk about and teach from the Word of God and teach principles based on the Word of God. You'd have stayed home and watched Jeopardy. Who's taking Alex's place, by the way? Do they have anybody yet? Maybe one of us ought to do that. Maybe, you know, side gig. You know? But you trusted, so you came. When you first came to a spirit-filled church, you trusted that you could maybe find some help. Maybe you'd been to other churches, and you trusted that maybe this church here is going to have something that's going to fill my emptiness inside. So you trusted... He said, after that you heard the word of truth, which that in, you could put that in parentheses, the gospel of your salvation. So the word of truth is the gospel. And what is the gospel? You remember what the gospel is? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, in that Christ died, was buried, rose again. Death, burial, resurrection. Correct? So he said, you, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also... After you believed, after you believed what? The gospel. After you believed the message that there's hope for us. There's help for us. We can live clean in this life. We can live successful in this life. We can live victorious in this life. We don't have to live like, like we've always lived. We can live different. So you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All right. So there's believing and there's receiving there's believing the gospel okay and then you receive when you're sealed with the holy spirit of promise and then we have the book of luke okay give me you got luke we got luke 11:13 it says if you then this is jesus talking here being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So here, we first of all, we believe, and then we receive. We believe that our heavenly Father is going to give us good gifts. Then we receive the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Somebody said, well, how do I? Somebody said, well, how do I know I got the Holy Spirit? Oh, you're going to know. You're going to know, bro. You're going to know. It's going to get a hold of you. And then we jump down here to um, Acts chapter 11, verse 17, in that small tan box at the bottom. It says, God gave them the like gift as he did us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So God gave them the like gift or the same gift that he gave us. This was Peter when he went and, and, the, and the Gentiles got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 10. And he went back at the religious, he went to a church convention and got in trouble by the district board. Those good old district boards, those general boards, national boards, they got all in, in a tizzy because they could not believe that the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. They were so mad at God, they were ticked plumb off. Can you believe he would give them the Holy Ghost? And Peter said, look, God gave them the, the like gift, the same gift that he gave us. Why? Because they believed. They believed and they received. And then in Acts chapter 19, verse number 2, this is when uh, Paul was going through the coast of Ephesus, and he, or, or he was going through the coast of Greece, and he finds 12 disciples from Ephesus, disciples of John the Baptist. And he says to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So there is a correlation between believing and receiving. And they said, we don't even know if there be any Holy Ghost. What is this Holy Ghost thing? And so, we're, we're, you know, a lot of, there's a lots of Christians in, in the world. Lots of Christians, right? There's, there's, there's uh, Pentecostal Christians. There's Baptist Christians. There's Church of God Christians. There's Church of Christ Christians. There's Methodist Christians. There's Catholic Christians, you know. All kinds of Christians. They're all believers. They've repented. They want more of God in their life. But some of them will say, oh, I've received the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you know you did? Well, you know, I felt good. Dude, I took a, look, a couple of days ago, I, I, just, I just collapsed in the chair. I don't know when it was. It was Sunday afternoon. I went home, sat down in the chair, it was a big chair, not because I'm big. It's just a big chair, okay? It was a big chair, and I sunk way down deep in it. And, Brother Vernie, I just kind of took my glasses off and laid my head on the arm. And for the next hour and a half, I was right there. It was marvelous. And I woke up, and I was my world was on fire. I was on fire. When I said it, I, was, I felt good. Now I'm like, whoa! So, you know, if you're tired and take a nap, and you feel good, that's not the same as receiving the Holy Ghost. Okay? Somebody said I took a shower one time. Yeah, you will feel good after you take a shower. You come home from work and you take your shoes off. It feels like you just went on a two-week vacation to Hawaii. You're just taking your shoes off. It's like, wow, that's so marvelous. So they're, they're like, okay, how, what is this Holy Ghost thing? 
Paul said, acknowledge. He said, you're believers. I know you're believers. You're walking with the Lord. And let me tell you something. My hat is off to people. My hat is off to people who, who walk through life and never receive the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost in their lives, according to the Scriptures. And they don't, they don't sin. I mean, they, they, they're, they're very disciplined. They're very disciplined. Me, I've got to have all of the Holy Ghost I can get all the time. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes I stretch him thin. I know none of you stretch him thin, but I do. I stretch him thin. So, how you like that? Hallelujah. That make all sense to you? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? All right. So now we're going to flip this over. That's why I said we're not going to get this done because this next chart is intense. This thing is intense. So we know and we have determined that the Holy Spirit is given to believers. You believe and you receive. All right? We know that. This next chart is the purpose. What is the purpose? of the Holy Spirit. What's the purpose of getting the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about what it is. We're going to John chapter 4. Okay? John chapter 4, verse 24. King James I have here. It says, For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Okay. First of all, we're born on the flesh side. Right? We're born on the flesh side. But we are headed toward a, we're in a spirit walk, and we're headed toward a spirit world. Have you seen those videos on, uh, on YouTube or wherever that, on Facebook, people put them? When somebody dies, their spirit leaves, and the camera catches it. Does anybody give them the heebie-jeebies? Woo! You know? That spirit goes, so we're headed that way. We are headed that way. We're not always going to be in this body. Now, when you're young and tough and invincible and bulletproof, you think you're going to be in that body all the time. But when you get starting hitting the, the high ranges where some of us are at, you realize I ain't going to last much longer. And I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you something. When I drop something on the floor... It seems like the floor is a lot further down than it was 20 years ago. It's called growth. Man. Like I told you, I, I, I got on a, on a plane. I was late. I almost missed the flight. Have you ever missed flights, Pastor? I've missed flights. Yes, I've missed flights. and I, Yeah, I've missed flights and all kinds of stuff, but... I almost missed this one, but I got on there. She said, there's two seats left. They're both middle seats. Take whichever one you want. I told you about this. I was flying out of Baltimore back to St. Louis, and there was two big old guys. And I thought, if, if we crash, if I sit between those two, I got a pretty good chance of surviving because there's lots of padding. All right? The only problem was I had to kind of lean back and kind of snuggle down in there and I looked at the one guy and I said man they keep making these seats smaller every year I don't understand it mm -hmm. 
And you know what? He agreed with me. He agreed too because part of him was hanging out on my seat. All right. So anyway, but we are all headed toward that spirit world. Our flesh is not going to last forever. It's going to go back to mud and dust. That's why you like, that's like, does anybody like the smell of, in the spring of the year of them plowing fields? You like smelling that dirt? You know why? Because that's your relatives. Okay? That's your cousin Vinny. You feel a connection with Vinny out there. You're driving down the field. You look at your wife and say, I smell Vinny. One of these days we'll say, I smell Vernie. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So we're headed toward that spirit world. And so God is a spirit. He lives in the spirit world. And we have this body that we're walking on this earth in, and we have to take, we have to take uh, fights and testings and trials every day from the enemy. And we have to just keep, because our parents, Adam and Eve, sinned and compromised everything. So what is the Holy Spirit? It's God's new manifestation. Okay? It's a new way that God manifests himself. That's a new way that he shows up to work in our lives is through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. All right. We're going to look of John again, John chapter 7. Now, this is, going to, this is the King James up here. I'm going to read, and you have in your notes the New Living Translation. And this says this. On the last day, the climax of the feast, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. How's that? Like dramatized, didn't it? Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare... Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Now, like I said a Sunday or two ago, when you're reading the scriptures and you see capital S, that's talking about the Spirit of God. When you see small s, that's talking about our spirit. All right? So this is talking about the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is going to manifest itself in our lives. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive God in your life. Is it all of God? No, it's just a slice, or as Caitlin would say, a slice, all right? It's a slice. The other night we were eating, and she asked Amy, she said, you want some ice? And Amy said, what? She said, you want some ice? Amy said, what? I said, ice. She wants, do you want ice? <coughs> Sometimes you have to translate for them. Ice. Oh, ice. <coughs> See, now I'm choking up a lung. Now, so you have everything that God is lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit indwelling in our lives. Everything that happened on the day of creation, all of that power 
All of that creativeness is inside of you. All the power that was unleashed on the Red Sea and the plagues in Egypt is inside of you. Everything that was there when the angels sang, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and the angels sang, Gloria. In excelsis Deo. It's in there. It's like Prego, it's in there. Okay? Everything that God is, is in us through his spirit manifesting in us. That's why there's such a battle, though, because, remember, words and thoughts, two most powerful elements in the universe, we're, we, that's how God works, right? Is that how God works? Right? And we are created in the image of God. So if you're created in his image, you have, you should be, it should be expected of us to be walking according to the way he walked, operating like he operated. We have a saying in, in the community, in the country, in our, in our culture, that when somebody acts like their father or their mother, what do we say? A chip off the old block. That means he acts like his dad. And that's what we need to be, chips off the old block. And start acting like her dad. That's why the devil hates us. So what God does is he manifested himself in a way where he comes and indwells. When he was talking to Moses, he's in heaven, he's talking through the burning bush. When he's, when he's Johnny hit it tonight, when he's talking to Elijah and giving Elijah all of these commands to go here and go here and do that, he's talking from heaven through an impression in his heart. But here in the New Testament... Through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he is indwelling in us. Okay? Uh, this is not in your notes. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That Paul said, that you're, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? You know? You ever read that? That word temple comes from the Greek word, are you ready for this? Nahos. That sounds like a tractor, doesn't it? Nahos. That means the tabernacle that was found in the Old Testament. The holies of holies, actually. So, in the Old Testament, during the tabernacle time, the priest went one time a year into the holies of holies. And he took the blood from the sacrifice and he put it on the mercy seat between the two cherubs on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Remember that story? We'll have to probably get into that next year, which is, what, a couple weeks. That word Nahas is talking about the holy place where God fell, his spirit fell once a year on the Day of Atonement. Now our bodies are the holy place, holies of holies. Our bodies are. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost, there's such a radical change in your life, or there should be, because you have God manifesting inside of you. How about that? You got it? Is that good? Is that all right? Is that worth the drive? Okay, that's good. Okay, so that's God's new manifestation. Number two here, t second point, promise of the Father. What is the Holy Spirit? It's the promise of the Father. 
Luke chapter 24, verse 49, King James, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He said, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, but I want you to go wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power, until you're overcome with power from on high. So God is manifesting himself as the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. You're going to get the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And I want you to stay in Jerusalem. I want you to hang out in Jerusalem. Yeah? Make sense? Y'all good? Acts 2.39. For the promise is unto you. What promise? And to all your children, the Holy Ghost. That's what I was talking about the next line up in Acts 2.38. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise What's the promise? The Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. All right, it's a gift. It's a gift. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 11.17. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ what was I that I could withstand God so it is a gift Luke eleven thirteen. so if you sinful people know how to give this is New Living Translation good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him so it's a gift. Next one, he's the comforter. That's not talking about the thing on your bed. All right? That's not what he's talking about. He is the comforter. John chapter 15, verse 26, the Living Bible. But I will send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the source of all truth. He will come to you from the Father and will tell you all about me. And John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. All right. Jesus said, I am now with you, but I shall be in you. All right. Got that? You see what's happening here? So we go from God, who's filling the universe, creates the heavens and the earth. Then we go that he, we see him dealing through Moses and the children of Israel in the Old Testament on a personal basis or on a national basis there. And we see him working through the prophets all through the Old Testament until he robes himself in flesh and comes to earth. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Right? What did we say that word meant? The thought or the intent? 
in the beginning was a thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God. God says, I'm going to have to die for the sins of men because the life is in the blood, and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Then verse 14, if we read it like that, it says, And the thought became flesh. He robes himself in flesh, and he comes and walks on the earth. He lives here 33 years. He dies. He's resurrected. He ascends. What's the next step? He was walking with us. Now he's going to be walking in us. That's where he's always trying to get there. Why? Let me ask you if you're from the south. Why? Why? Why is God doing that? Think about it. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were in a perfect garden. And what happened every day? God walked through the garden. And God fellowshiped with man. Then sin breaks that communion. Sin breaks that fellowship. See, sin will break fellowship with God. So now we live, there is a fallen creation, man, who is now obligated to serve sin. And from that point on, God is working on a plan to bring it back to a spiritual Garden of Eden where he lives in our hearts again. And just like he fellowshiped and communed and walked every day with Adam and Eve in the garden, guess what he does every day with Kevin Schultz? He walks every day in Kevin's life. He walks every day in Nathan's life. He walks every day in Frank's life. You see what I'm saying? So he's restoring. How was that wishful? That's one of those deals you try to do and you can't do on purpose. It just comes out. So he was restoring what was lost in the garden, now in a relationship with us. Isn't that awesome? That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. All right, we better go on. Okay. A seal of ownership. Ephesians chapter 1. Amplified. Here we go. In whom you also have, in whom also who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, which is also the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits, the pledge, the for, and foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and are acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, the Amplified is a very wordy version, okay? You got to take some deep breaths when you do the Amplified. All right, but let me say this. Let me say this here, okay? Let's look at 2 Corinthians one twenty-one or 122 here. It says, He hath also appropriated and acknowledged us as by putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. The King James calls it the earnest of our inheritance. All right? I used to think that was the down payment. That's not the down payment. 
Anybody ever bought a piece of real estate or a house? You ever heard of earnest money? Okay. Earnest money. So you find a piece of property or a house that you want to purchase, and they, they say, okay, we're going to hold this for you for such a certain amount of time for you to get all of your legal paperwork and sign all these papers and get your loan and get your uh, financing and blah, 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 all that. Right? And it's a long process. But the earnest isn't even a down payment. It's not 10%. It's not 20%. It's just a small slice that will hold and puts that contract into force. You could have a $250,000 house or a half million dollar house and put $1,000 down, earnest money. And it works. See, I used to think that was the down payment. It's not. And then once the deal is ready to close, that earnest money just goes into toward all of the expenses and all the, the price and everything else. What am I saying? I'm saying that the Holy Ghost is our seal. And it is just a small slice of our inheritance. It's not, a, it's not a down payment. It's not 10%. It's not 5%. It's not, it's not 20%. It is just a slice of our inheritance. So you know, how, you know how awesome the Holy Ghost is? You know? You receive the Holy Ghost. It's a pretty good life. Kevin, you living a good life? Is this better than the old life? Yes. Is your new life better than your old life? Yeah, absolutely. So we are living the good life. We're living the high life. Miller ain't got nothing on this. All right? I'm telling you, Miller ain't got nothing on this high life. This is the high life right here. And it is good. It's a lot better than it was before we got into the high life. But this isn't even a, a small percentage of what the Lord has planned for us. It's not, even a, it's not even a down payment of what he has. He's got so much more. And I don't know. I don't, I've, I've had the Holy Ghost it's coming up 40 years. I can't even spell that. 40 years. And I'll tell you, it's better now than it was 40 years ago. And it was good then. It's better now than it was... 30 years ago and it was good then every day it gets better anybody else found that out it just gets better the longer you go in life the better the holy ghost gets in your life and so he said he he gives us the earnest of our inheritance until the day of redemption this little percentage of god this little piece of god in our lives is going to keep us until the lord calls us home until the day of redemption whether it be through the coming of the Lord or whether it be through death, this little slice here is going to keep us. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I'm going to wait. I'll get that next time. 
So put your name on your paper. Put it on the front page, Frank, of your paper. Okay? Yes, put it on the front page. Brother Kevin. The wording? I don't know. I don't know. Holy Ghost, I mean, Holy Ghost is just Holy Ghost. I mean, that's what it is in, in the original. And it means, you know, ghost or spirit means the, a ghost is the spirit of a departed one. That's all it is. And I don't know why there's a big argument. Have you encountered people that have a big argument about that? Well, it was your friend. It was your friend, Lane. I don't know why he wanted to fight with me. I'm just an old, innocent, broken-down guy, you know? I mean, I can't hardly reach the floor no more. It's like, wow, my Lord. And then once you get down there, it's hard getting back up. You don't want to get, that's when you need one of those squeezer things. Amen. One of those squeezer things. I don't know. I don't know why. And you know, uh, we use the King James Version. I use the King James Version as the standard, Okay. And there are other versions out there. For instance, the Amplified Version, like we, we read, and you read it in the Scripture, it's very wordy. The Amplified, how many of you use the Amplified as your main deal? Oh, it's kind of wordy. Amy uses that. And I start reading that, and I said, oh, Amy, this makes me tired. It's, ooh, you've got to have like an oxygen tank. <clears throat> I'm kind of, and I, I very rarely use the NIV just because a lot of scriptures have been omitted out of the NIV and I have never used the NIV. I mean, I learned, when, when I learned in college 30-some years ago, it was King James. I mean, I read it in King James. I prophesied and preached in King James. I just do everything in King James. But I, I like the New Living Translation. Now, the, the New Living Translation and the Living Bible run a parallel a lot, Okay. And then I also use the uh, today's English version. I'll use that some. So there's uh, there's there's lots of different translations out there. But find you know the King James is the closest to the original. And then the it was the uh, uh, authorized standard version, the ASV, I think it is that that is very close to the original manuscripts and it's it reads just about like the king james does so all right so the holy ghost is just a slice so just think you just got a slice you you ain't seen nothing yet but baby you just ain't seen nothing yet of what god wants to do in our life true he wants to do it all right let's stand I don't even know what time it is because they shut the, the clock off on me. There you go. 28 after. That's your Christmas present. Early Christmas. Now remember, church at 10 o'clock Sunday. Right here. Be here. Come on, everybody be here. Get everybody and get here. Fill that car up and get here. All right? And then life groups, Friday night.
6.30, Bobby and Caitlin's. If you need directions, see Caitlin or see me for that. And then you got life groups on Sunday night at Zimmerman's and Durban's. And then no church Wednesday night a week from now. No church except Thursday. You believe it's Christmas? You believe it's Christmas? That's another thing that happens when you get old. I mean, it just flies. Okay? Four to five Christmas Eve. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the promise of your spirit coming and dwelling in our lives. And I just pray, God, that each of us would get to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our lives. That each of us would get to experience you, Lord, your spirit, your person coming into our lives, manifesting in our lives, God, your presence and power. That it helps us overcome sin, helps us to walk through darkness, helps us to become more like you, helps us to walk in newness of life. Keep your hand on each and every one. Bless them. Bless their families as we go from this place. And Lord, as we go enter into this holiday season, let us remember the true meaning of this season that we're celebrating you coming. We just thank you for everything you've done for us. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. And somebody said it. Amen. All right. Thank you, brothers and sisters. You're dismissed. Be careful. Oh, yeah. Just... uh,